Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 540th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live to go all around the world of sports for one hour, to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms as well, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week was the Army-Navy game being played for the first time ever in New England specifically at the home of the Patriots, Gillette Stadium in Foxborough outside Boston, the exact stadium where I watched the Patriots dynasty under Brady and Belichick unfold for 20 years. And uh, they did a really, really terrific job with it. And both ESPN, who did College Game Day, as well as CBS, who did the game itself, did a really, really nice job of tying in Boston's military history, uh, i.e. the Revolutionary War, the Boston Tea Party, Bunker Hill, all of it, where America was born, uh, into the whole Army-Navy theme. Uh, For instance, they interviewed Army coach at Bunker Hill Monument, place I've been to countless times, and lots of references, uh, a lot of video of the Boston Tea Party site, again, been there many times, and Lexington, Concord, uh, used to actually live in Concord, and so it was just really nicely done, and it made me wonder what... uh, what took, what took it so long? It's traditionally the game, which I attended in 2012 in Philadelphia, generally the home most years of the Army-Navy game. Uh, it's typically been in the mid-Atlantic states, meaning New York, Philly, D.C., uh, and just come right up I-95 and you get to Boston, so it seemed perfectly appropriate. Uh, a little bit of a long trip for the midshipmen from Annapolis to get up there. Uh, but they made it in short trip, uh, all things considered for the cadets of, uh, West point, uh, not that far at all from Boston. I've actually done day trips from Boston to, uh, West point drove out and back on the same day. So not a big deal about four hours. Anyway, I thought it was just so well done with, uh, 
tying in those themes from the Revolutionary War and the founding of America and, in effect, the military, so to speak, um, that, you know, it really was just uh, terrific. Uh, they interviewed Bob Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, who I've interviewed and uh, did a great job on College Game Day on ESPN. And then Coach Bill Belichick, of course, whose father was a coach on the Navy staff for 50 years. Belichick, as you probably all know, grew up in Annapolis. Uh, grew up playing catch with Roger Staubach back in the early 60s. Uh, so uh, no surprise who he picked to win the game. Uh, but he was great, uh, even to the point when he did his uh, pick as celebrity picker. Uh, he donned a Navy helmet from the 60s, um, which was just... Uh, a nice touch, not something we see from Belichick every day, that's for sure. I've sat through countless press conferences of him when he was as coach of the Patriots. and uh, But when he gets in, and he did a great job talking about the history of the rivalries that he was on the field in, I believe, 1967. Probably would have been a teenager back then, I believe. Uh, and talked about how he was on the field. He felt the intensity uh, of the Army-Navy game. And there's simply nothing else like it. The pageantry is unparalleled. The flyover, the helicopters, the march on of the cadets and the midshipmen hours before kickoff. I witnessed all of this down in Philadelphia in 2012. Uh, the winner sings second, uh, singing, I believe they're all Mater. Uh, the loser of the game sings first. Um, of course, all the cadets and all the midshipmen are there, so thousands of them. And it is a sight like no other, not to mention what I always remember about 2012, and there's so many things to remember, was that uh, <clears throat> you see every kind of Army uniform ever made, I swear. It was like, you know, from camos right up to and including, you know, generals with uh, uh, their, their entire uh, left side uh, dripping with medals and everything in between and it is just a, a spectacle it's also done like a super bowl or in other words there's a radio row that's not something you see every day in fact really i think the only one is uh is the army navy game maybe the college football playoff now has a has a radio row when i was out there and the first one in phoenix uh a few years back uh they had a radio row, but it, radio row elevates the whole process. Uh, they had it in Philly in 12, 2012, and it was great. Uh, just like a Super Bowl week, all the people hanging around, celebrities, uh, faces we all recognize uh, is unique, to put it mildly. So, again, it was just so nice to see it in Foxborough and... Uh, just an actual job well done across the board by the networks, by the academies, by the fans. I found it interesting that it was the fifth highest ticket ever for Gillette Stadium. The first three were Taylor Swift's concert this summer. 
And the fourth one, and I was there, was Tom Brady's return as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer in, I believe, October of 21, year after he won the Super Bowl with the Bucs. Got to clarify that when it comes to Brady, which Super Bowl uh, victory. And uh, and then the fifth was this Army-Navy game, so the excitement was off the charts um, in New England, uh, it being the very, very first time. So, uh, again, just a great event and a great game. Great game, went down to the final play. It always seems like it often does. Um, and... Uh, yeah, Navy got stopped on the basically on the one foot line, uh, on the final play of the game, in effect. So, great stuff, to say the least. Um, sticking with college football, the Heisman Trophy was awarded uh, to the LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, and it was well done, well deserving, and he, uh, you know. Gave a great talk, very emotional, and just really, uh, you know, very well done, to say the least. Uh, it was a good group of finalists. Uh, no surprise. That's what uh, most people were thinking. And uh, and that's indeed how it turned out. Um, so, yeah, a big day for college football, Army-Navy game, followed by the Heisman ceremony. Uh doesn't get any better than that, that's for sure. Uh, my bizarre story of the week was John Rom signing with Liv. Um, it just it feels like the first big signing in a while. We all know what was going on a year ago, and it was massive news. And this was big news because John Rom's a big name, to put it mildly. But it just made me and a whole lot of other people wonder kind of what's going on. As you remember the merger talks seismic news earlier this year and felt like it was going to be done by the end of the year. Here we are at the end of the year. And, uh, this massive signing with live occurs. Uh, so it just seems to make the situation a little murky as exactly where does the quote merger of the PGA and live golf stand given that, you know, signings are still occurring. So found that interesting. Um, switching back to the NFL, from my low light of the week was the offside call, which ruined Travis Kelsey's uh, unbelievable pass, perfect spiral, uh, to, ironically, Kadarius Tony, who was the offending party, uh, by lining up offsides, clearly he was offside. So this is not in any way disputing the referee's call. I'm only saying it was a shame that what followed was such an epic play that likely would have won the game. There still would have been a little over a minute left, so the Bills would have got the ball with a chance uh, to score. But it was such an electric play. Um, it's highlighted by Kelsey just throwing a spectacular spiral uh, across the field to Tony, who just basically walked into the end zone. And they mentioned that Kelsey was a high school quarterback. I did not know that. Not surprised. He's a tremendous athlete. But again, it was just a shame. It was not the wrong call. 
and they had to make the call. I mean, his foot was not only clearly over the line by as by the all the replays we've all seen, but it was in fact uh, appeared to be his foot appeared to be in front of the ball, um, which it, it just can't be allowed. It was you know a black and white issue call had to be made, but you you, you know. When the play was going on, nobody knew there was a flag. Uh, the play just unfolded, and then they said there was a flag. And we obviously found out what it was. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, again, just a shame to have what would have been an epic, memorable play and change the fortunes of both teams, likely. Certainly the Bills might have been out of the playoffs, and the Chiefs it might have ignited them to get back on a roll to looking like the Chiefs. They've been up and down, shall we say, in recent weeks. So, um, again, just a, just a play that we won't all be watching for the rest of our lives, uh, remembering what it was like the day it occurred, which would have been yesterday. Sticking with the NFL, another fascinating Sunday. Everyone is great, no doubt about it. Uh, start with the Tampa Bay Bucks. They beat the Falcons in Atlanta to take over first place with a 6-7 and seven record in the NFC South. The Falcons and the Saints both have the same 6-7 and seven record, meaning they all have losing records at the top of the division. And uh, the Bucs currently hold all the tiebreakers. So, they, so if the season ended today, the Bucs would be the division winner. Um, so th- that's an interesting uh, division to say the least. Uh, but all credit to the Bucks going in there and uh, beating the Falcons in Atlanta. Uh, still a lot of talent on that team. Left over from the Brady's days. Uh, Baker Mayfield led a game-winning drive. And then the Bucks defense held him off. The Falcons, to their credit, with a minute or so to go, drove the field and ended up uh, the game ending on the four-yard line four, four yards away from uh, from a touchdown. So great game, to say the least. Another great game was Baltimore Ravens and the Rams were back and forth all day. And it was finally decided <clears throat> in overtime by a spectacular punt return. And uh, that's a way to end a ball game. That's for sure. Um, they went crazy in Baltimore. John Harbaugh was just as uh, emotional as I've ever seen him. Euphoric. As were all the fans, all the players. It was like, you know, uh, great, great theater. Uh, and well-deserved given the spectacular pun return. Um, you know, it looks like a couple times as he went down the sidelines that he might get tackled, tripped up. Uh, but he kept his balance and made it in the end zone. And again, just, uh, you know, just the way you want to see a game end, no matter who you're rooting for. Uh, very definitive ending, to put it mildly. And again, just uh, the, the crowd, the players, everybody was just uh, beside themselves with uh, joy, euphoria. It was great to see. Uh, some interesting upsets yesterday. Uh, the Jets beating the Texans. Uh, and C.J. Stroud uh, looks like he was diagnosed with a concussion. So... Um, We'll see where that goes. I mean, he's been spectacular 
rookie of the year, hands down, with what he's done this year. Bears beating the Lions. Uh, certainly another upset. Um, Justin Fields looked good. And the Lions are starting to sputter a bit after that fast start. So they need they want to get, uh, especially their defense, uh, back on track. Other mild upsets, I would call it. Bengals and the Colts. Bengals beating the Colts. Uh, and the Browns beating the Jaguars. Um, just not necessarily the picks you would have made in those games. Uh, we know Trevor Lawrence was returning uh, a week after... An ankle injury, uh, didn't play his best game, but the Browns looked great on offense, led by, of all people, Joe Flacco at quarterback, who, who did look great. Um, and the Colts have been, uh, you know, having a good year, better than expected, uh, yet uh, the Bengals took care of them yesterday. Uh, other points of note, Shohei, Shohei was a great sports weekend. Shohei Otani. Signed a $700 million deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Highest price ever paid for an American athlete, I believe. The NBA in-season tournament won by the Lakers. And uh, I'd have to say that was a success for the uh, for the league. Players were really into it, especially LeBron James. And speaking of LeBron, uh, his son uh, debuted yesterday for USC after his cardiac issue going back a few months and as i'm guessing all of you seen by now he made a block reminiscent of lebron's block on andre Iguodala in the uh finals uh when lebron paid for the cavaliers and they beat the warriors uh in that fabulous rundown block and his son did pretty much a very similar play so that was uh that, that was good to see, and just good to see Bronny back on the back on the court. So now let's take our break, and next up we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, AP Studham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, AP and Kelly, as we see it, heard around the southeast and on Spotify and other platforms as well, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune into Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. 
On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on voiceamerica.com. As humans, we suffer when we believe we are not good enough. We are taught we must be better, look better, try harder, and achieve more. We cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness. We don't have to live this way. You don't have to live this way. Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom. Listen to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show we're some america listeners welcome back to segment two of all around sports and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms as well, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and other sports as well. And AP, how you doing today? Yeah, doing great, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you, as always, for calling in. And as I discussed in the first segment of the show, AP, it was a great college football Saturday. Uh, the Army-Navy game being played for the first time ever in New England. Went down to the final play. And uh, so it's a great, uh, great theater, as always, uh, and also followed up soon thereafter by the Heisman Trophy presentation. I know you are an expert on that topic. Um, you've covered many of them in the past. Uh, I've covered a few myself, uh, and it was just terrific. Um, presentation, good to see all the former, a lot of the former winners there, but AP, what are your thoughts? Uh, Jalen Daniels, Jaden Daniels of SE of LSU, another SEC player, wins the Heisman, the quarterback, and uh, and I, I thought he gave a terrific speech, and it was as always just a very well done ceremony. Yeah, John, uh, I, when you looked at the candidates this year, 
it just seemed to be a quarterback was going to win again. Uh, 19 out of the 22, I think, in this century have been quarterbacks only three times. Coincidentally, it was not a quarterback, and they were from the University of Alabama, Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, and Demonte Smith. So when I was trying right. to survey the, the landscape and you're looking for other players, it really was the three quarterbacks that caught my attention uh, because they were leading, either leading their team to a potential playoff berth or a, a, a conference championship or both. And then the other player, Jaden Daniels, the, the eventual winner, he was putting up numbers that surpassed everybody um, combined, I mean, with the rushing total of 1,100-plus and counting for 10 touchdowns, and then the passing nearly 4,000 and counting for 40, so that's 50 total touchdowns. That's That will uh, stand out in, in the era of football. Oh, my gosh, yes. That's a big, big number. And, uh, yeah, he, he just put on epic you know, individual performances. He, he truly did. And in the one, in the one game, I think he was what responsible. If I'm got this right for like six touchdowns, maybe the first time ever a quarterback has done that. And does that sound about right? Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Jaden, I I saw him play a number of times, nearly half a dozen times. I saw him against Florida wow. state, the ACC undefeated champion, 13 and no Florida state team. And, I saw him against Auburn, beat Auburn by 30 points, a team that Alabama had to beat in the last 30 seconds or so. And so he was dominant, and uh, you couldn't help but keep your eyes off him. Correct. No, just amazing, actually. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, a well-deserved winner. And I thought the Heisman did a really nice job at the ceremony of, like, uh, they did – kind of background stories on each of the finalists. Uh, of course, Marvin Harrison Jr., son of Marvin Harrison of uh, Colts fame. Uh, and Marvin Jr. is, of course, with Ohio State, spectacular receiver, some say the best player in college football. Um, but then the other quarterbacks were Michael Pennick Jr. and uh, Bo Nix, and I found all the little profiles they did with their parents uh, followed by a conversation with the parents was just really really well done i learned a lot um but the one i found particularly interesting uh, I, I think this year all of them were transfers like i like the winner Jaden daniels transferred from arizona state yeah. and yeah. uh and the, yeah they were all they were all transfers and uh the quarterbacks and yeah um but Bo Nix, I, I found his story, and you know it better than most, was just really fascinating given the connection to Auburn. His father, he's a legacy. His father played quarterback. I have that right for Auburn back in the day? Correct, yep. Yeah. And Patrick, he was a good quarterback at Auburn. He sure was. Okay. So I, I just found that interesting how, you know, for him to not only transfer, but transfer, you know, to the opposite corner of the country so to speak, up in uh, Oregon from Auburn down in the southeast in Alabama, of course. Um, but I didn't realize that he, he was such a scholar athlete. Uh, and, yeah, just a, just a fascinating story. His wife is from Auburn, and obviously 
the father and the, the whole family was Auburn. And then he transferred and found unparalleled success. The expectations on him, I remember his freshman year, which was good at Auburn, but then it didn't go well after that. So he, he made the momentous move. And I know you were all over it. You lived it at the time. Yeah, I mean, John, I think the first game he played was against Oregon in Texas, I think, as a neutral site game beat him in the last quarter or so. I think you're right about that. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, so he is just uh, a likable guy. I, don't know. I mean, I was just very impressed with his backstory, as I was with all the finalists. But, yeah, and, you know, he, you know they interviewed his – Mother, father, wife, as well as Bo himself, and yeah, just a very impressive guy. And uh, you know, uh, they had a great season. Of course, they lost twice to Washington, uh, and you, you know, just the kind of guy you wish good things for. Yeah, I think we'll see him playing on Sunday. See, I think he has the goods. Yeah, John, I was actually with Bo this week. I mean, or, wow. or last week, I guess it is now, and when he received the William V. Campbell Trophy for the best student athlete in college football. Oh, wow. That's great. And uh, how was that, speaking of Bo Nix? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bo was glad to see somebody from Alabama. Uh, he's always very pleasant. We've, we've had many exchanges over the years, and, and I've been with him, I guess it was in Arizona, when he came back as the, I think he was a national high school quarterback of the year, so he returned there when he was in college, and I've interviewed him several times. I interviewed him this past July at the Pac-12 Media Days in Las Vegas. Oh, wow. So I guess okay. that's my second time with him in Las Vegas. Well, I'm glad we we spent some time focusing on him, and you're a fan, right? You've been impressed by him, I'm guessing? Oh, yeah, I like, yeah, I like Bo. He had a great transformation at Oregon. He didn't have yes, he did. the, either the right system or the right support around him. But he surely thrived uh, with the Ducks in the in the Pacific Northwest Pac-12, and now sure he has to finish his bowl game, which I, I think he he's going to be in that bowl game. I'm pretty sure against Liberty in the Fiesta Bowl. So um, he right. he set a record, I think, for longevity, but playing the, the amount of games too. They mentioned that I did not know that either. Yes, I found that to be an interesting factoid, to say the least. Yes. Uh, well, AP. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's a fascinating guy. You know, I always was curious about him, but I learned a lot about him on Saturday night, and more fascinating than I even realized. Yeah, but yeah, I always liked Bowie, so it's friendly. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. Um, AP, hard to believe we're at the end of our first segment already. They always go so quickly. So why don't we take a break? And we still have a lot more to get to on the other side. So don't go anywhere. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. 
We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to segment three of all around sports and i'm your host john inglesby to join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, A.P. and Kelly, As We See It, heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms as well, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and other sports as well. And AP, we talked about the Heisman presentation, Jaden Daniels of LSU winning on Saturday night. And uh, we touched on both Jaden and Bo Nix. But I also was uh, interested about Michael Penick Jr., the quarterback of Washington. You know, he's had a great year. They're undefeated, need I say more. Uh, And headed to the college football playoff. And, you know, I, I, I kind of root for both him and, and he, of course, lest anybody forget, certainly Penn State fans don't. He's the guy that a couple of years ago, as the quarterback of Indiana University in Bloomington, had that memorable run to the end zone where he went over the pylon to beat Penn State. And I believe Penn State ended up losing in the season opener. And you talk about a season ruiner, AP. I think Penn State lost the next four or five games in a row, started literally like 0-5, all stemming back to that play. So Michael Pennock has been on my and every Penn State fan's radar for for a long time since that play. For for a long time, yeah. Oh, it's very controversial, (laughs) meaning it had a lengthy review. Was he in? Was he not? Pylon, ball over the line, all of it. Um, but it, but it was ruled a touchdown that won the game. Um, but AP, I feel like, you know, and I said this on last week's show, you know, Washington was, you know, big underdogs against Oregon, despite the fact they had beaten Oregon earlier this year, we're talking about big underdogs for the, uh, PAC 12 championship game. And so I feel like they've been disrespected and to a degree that would include Pennock. Um, 
but he just keeps coming up big at the biggest moments, um, as does the team. And here they are. They're undefeated, headed to the college football playoff. And he's had a great year. He's very memorable because he's a lefty. And, you know, he, he just seems to make these tremendous plays when they matter most going back, starting with that famous play against Penn State back in the day. Yeah, John, <clears throat> Michael Penix, I, I could never understand that nine-and-a-half point, ten-point underdog position right. for Washington. Me either. I, it was I crazy. I could even understand maybe, okay, you, you they're playing at the neutral site. Las Vegas, let's make Oregon a three-point favorite. They were hot, but I did not understand that nearly ten points uh, on the other side. I, I couldn't figure that out exactly. They must have known so- There was something that was known to the people in Las Vegas that I was not privy to with regards to that game. Correct. In Vegas, you, you know, the game was played in Vegas, ironically, but you, you know, Vegas typically gets it right, but they didn't get that one right. Or maybe they did. And then, you know, for them, but you know, on the surface, yeah, for them, Oregon right. being such a heavy favorite was shocking to many. Uh, and it was a great game. It really was. And Bo Nick showed up too, as did the ducks. And uh, just really good. But, you know, the highest compliment I can play for, you know, Michael Penix is, you know, I sat there watching the game back and forth, of course. And I just basically said, and, and you know, Washington came out fast and Oregon caught him. Uh, and then I went, you know, back and forth. And I just the entire time was just confident when it got to the end, once the game got close in the third quarter, that he would pull out the game you know, period. And, and he did. Um, so dangerous team, uh, to put it mildly. Um, and you, you know, they, they have been in the college football playoff before. I've, I've always just kind of been partial to Washington. I've liked their program over the years and, uh, I'm anxious to see, you know, how the college football, uh, playoff is going to play out. Um, it's going to be fun. And AP, you know, I've been wanting to get your opinion. Speaking of the college football playoff of the, you know, the Michigan Alabama game. I mean, that just looks like an incredible game to, you know, to put it mildly. John, you know, Michigan's a team, as you know, likes to run the football. What was it? 30 plus times in a row against Penn state. Right. 30 to, to end the game. To end the game, their last the game. 30 plays yeah. were like runs, um, which is just stunning. Yeah, they're not looking for style points. They'll pound away, pound you into submission. And Alabama better be ready at that line of attack because Michigan will run that football with Blake Corm, the diminutive but yet effective and productive running back uh, for the Wolverines. And yes, he's a force. Play action pass to the tight end and the receivers, and um, they're just a sound football team. Play good defense. Um, I haven't, I've not studied it completely, but I know that they played quite a few teams. I think maybe five, I don't know if it's half a dozen that were below 100 offensively. So right. maybe the numbers are skewed. We saw we saw um, Ohio State have 24 points. You know, they're a good offense, had a good quarterback, All-American wide receiver. Um, so we know that 
They play good defense. I'm not saying great defense, but very good defense, I would say. Sound. Yes, yes. Well, you were covering just last week, hard to believe, the uh, epic upset by Alabama over defending two-time defending national champion Georgia, uh, who had a 29-game winning streak um, going coming into the game. You know, Alabama, the, you know, they haven't lost uh, – since they lost to Texas in week two back in September. And Texas, of course, is the other team in the college football playoff uh, against Washington. Um, but AP, you, you know Alabama like no other. And uh, I, I just think that has a chance to be an all-time game. I really do. Because Alabama, you know, has won whatever, 10 or 11 in a row themselves. So, And Michigan's undefeated. Right. So... Yeah. Uh, what yeah. What are your early thoughts on that one? Yeah, you know, uh, Michigan will have to corral, contain, slow down Jalen Milrow, the fast and physical quarterback of Alabama. That's number one. Number one for and sure. Then you look at some of those receivers; they're quick and they're fast. And uh, Alabama has a big offensive line, so I wonder if they're going to try to pound away themselves at Michigan's defense. Um, they don't throw to the tight end very much. Alabama's defense right. has some good edge rushers, um, some capable people in the secondary. I, I don't think, and I have to I have to watch Mich- Michigan's receivers. I have to check them out uh, more closely. But um, I think you're going to see some one-on-one coverage, really press those receivers, try to, to challenge them to get open against Alabama's defense. And that way they can – put pressure on Michigan's quarterback. And we saw that Iowa got to Michigan's quarterback at least a couple of times, two, three times. Correct. And J.J. They, McCarthy. I think in the sack, sack department were somewhere in the twenties, I believe Alabama has had 35 plus or so this season. Uh, Alabama has given up close to 40 sacks this year. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, you know, that's a negative of course, but, uh, I think that if Iowa can get to their quarterback, Michigan, I think Alabama will too. Correct. Correct. Yes. Alabama has uh, yeah, a great defense. You don't beat Georgia without a great defense. That's for sure. And uh, oh, yeah, Georgia was, was pounding away at everybody this year. They, they whipped Tennessee 30, 40 points in Ole Miss <laughs> and um, Kentucky put 50 on them. And uh, Carson Beck was thrown for about 300 yards a game and, no problem. They only had, I think, 321 yards the entire game, running and throwing. And Alabama just had 306, I think it was. So both teams shut down each other's offense. Yes, no doubt about it. Uh, it's going to be a fun game, uh, to say the least. Uh, uh, of course, they're both going to be fun. Washington and Texas will be fun. You know, Texas, needless to say, is the team that beat Alabama in week two, uh, thereby, who knew? then that it would set themselves up for the college football playoff, which ended up in a situation where basically you, you couldn't put Alabama in without putting in Texas. I mean, that, that was part of the picture, shall we say. Yeah. And it, yeah, obviously no question. they were tied at the hip ever since game two. They just yeah. were hey, once Alabama got yeah, on. Yeah, a roll. Knowing that commit, yeah. Yeah. Knowing that committee, they could have done anything they want because that's the nature of, oh. of the committee. They have all the guidelines but they can do anything they want, but they chose to back away from that one. I didn't think they would want to tell Texas no. Uh, Blue Blood has taken all this time since 19, uh, since 
2009 to get back to this situation. Uh, Florida State, yes, we were going to tell them no, but we're not going to tell Texas no. Bingo. Yep. Uh, I I was just going to say, yeah, how how does Florida State feel about it? But we all know how they feel. Um, We went over that in depth, basically devoted the whole show last week to it. Uh, But AP, we're at the end of our second segment together. Why don't we take our final break and still a few things more to get to on the other side. So don't go anywhere. Birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Millions of people do not have children. Around the world, becoming a parent may be an unrealized dream and increasingly a deliberate choice. Yet our experiences remain largely unacknowledged across cultures, families, and friendships. Unconscious bias in public and workplace policy, media narratives, and educational content often renders us invisible. New Legacy Radio reveals these missing stories through the perspectives of our community and allies as we work to achieve meaningful change that recognizes our true and diverse experiences. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. All who live face a time of passing. Is death the end or will souls enter an afterlife? Have you ever wondered about historical figures and what they would say if they were alive today? Psychics and authors Barry and Connie Strom will use their gift of spirit communication to answer questions and channel spirits concerning the hereafter. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Barry and Connie Strom at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham co-host of the popular weekly syndicated radio show, AP and Kelly, as we see it. Heard around the Southeast and on Spotify and other platforms as well, where they discuss the SEC, college football, and other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is this Saturday's NFL triple header, uh, including the Steelers and Colts. All three have... uh, Playoff implications, needless to say. Uh, I think after the Steelers lost at home to the Patriots, 
last on Thursday night that everybody's interested to see if they can. And this was came four days after the Steelers had lost at home to the identically uh, two and ten record Arizona Cardinals. So intrigued with that game, AP. Uh, but you know it's a good lineup um, on Saturday. College football's over for now, or there's a break. And I think everybody's interested to, uh, you know, focus on the NFL for a couple Saturdays. It's a, it's always a, uh, you know, great time of year. In addition to the Steelers, we have the Viking, Vikings and Bengals, then the Steelers at 430, and then the Broncos and Lions. But anyway, AP, um, yes, so stick them with football, as we like to do. The the college football playoff, of course, is where everybody's focus mainly is. But there's a couple other interesting bowl games. Uh, Needless to say, uh, any jump out to you aside from the college football playoff teams, games? John, I was looking at the Peach Bowl in Atlanta. Two teams have not played each other in history, I don't believe. Ole Miss out of wow. the Southeastern Conference and Penn State out of the Big Ten. Um, think, and they're both 10-2 yep. with losses to Georgia and Alabama for Ole Miss. Those are the two top teams in the Southeastern Conference. And then Ohio State and Michigan, those are the two top teams in the Big Ten. So in that regard, the, the two programs are in a similar situation. Now, I'm not equating Very. Ole Miss to Penn State, of course, because Penn State is a blue blood team, blue blood defined as top 10 all-time winner. Um, Ole Miss has not won a conference title. I, don't, I think it's in the 60s, probably 60 years ago or so. And Penn State's, of course, won uh, the Lambert Trophy through the years when they were in the Eastern football and then the Big Ten as well. So, but sure. at this moment, they're in similar situations, and that they've reached the plateau of looking at the two top teams in the conference, and they're not able to compete at this point. That's a very good point, AP. You know, Penn State is having trouble getting over the hump of Michigan and beating Michigan and/or Ohio State. Uh, same with Ole Miss in the SEC. And Ole Miss has had a glorious history. Uh, obviously, Archie Manning, need I say more? <laughs> um, and quite the era. That's uh, that's when I first kind of became attracted to SEC football or started to get it. Growing up in Pennsylvania, yeah. watching Penn State. And back in the day, or whatever it was, late 60s, it was a treat. Um, I remember a particular night game, I believe, you know, and this was when you were just lucky to get a game hearing and watch people you'd been hearing about and Archie Manning famous game. And I remember just being dazzled by him as was the country. And, uh, yeah, that's when I started to say like, Hmm, football down South is a little different. And, uh, I think I got that right. <laughs> um, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So they have a glorious history. Eli Manning went there too, of course, and they've had their moments, uh, lots of moments. Yeah. Famous. Yeah. But yeah. So I think that's a sexy matchup, so, AP. The minute it was announced, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, that's that's going to be a good game. Uh, and I think it will. I think it'll be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering how, I mean, I think Ole Miss, 
they don't get to these 10 wins very often, so they're probably excited. Correct. You're traveling just over two states uh, to get to Atlanta um, and playing one of the nearest day uh, six games. So I think they're pretty excited. I would think they are. I mean, the folks in Pennsylvania, it's an easy trip. You fly to Philadelphia or Pittsburgh directly to Atlanta. Um, you're playing Correct. a new opponent. You're playing the SEC. You're playing a team that um, has won 10 games in the conference. I think it would be something uh, exciting for them as well. Oh, it would be a great road trip. Penn State travels well, needless to say. <clears throat> and uh, I learned out that the Rose Bowl in 1995, the Kishana Kajana Carter yes. team, um, out the obviously California. But anyway, this Peach Bowl is Saturday, December 30th at noon. Uh and AP, another game, uh, that game, needless to say, intrigues me, given my Pennsylvania roots. The other game that I'm really curious about, and we just have down to our final minute or two, for obvious reasons, Florida State playing Georgia in the Orange Bowl. Yes. That's a sexy matchup, too. Georgia looking to rebound from its loss to Alabama and the end of the streak. And Florida State being shut out of the CFP playoff and both teams have a lot to prove, that's for sure. I think that's going to be a fantastic game. Yeah, John, I'm wondering who will opt in, how many transfers will try to make a move before the bowl game, and what fan Good base point. will be excited to be there. Um, I, I don't know. I, those are all questions in my mind about the two teams, the bowl game itself, the fan bases, and who's mostly motivated to win. Uh, the Florida State coach, he told his team if they would win all their games, something spectacular would happen. It did not. Correct. So what is his message for his team? That's a good point, AP, and I just think it's going to be really uh, just a fascinating game, to say the least, and uh, just, just a great matchup. Both teams, uh, to put it mildly, are going to come in with a chip on their shoulder so. And I've always loved the Orange Bowl. Uh, who hasn't? Um, and that game is also on Saturday, December 30th at 4 p.m. Right. Hmm. Interesting. It's, right. Yeah, it's a little earlier. I'm yeah, used the, the Orange Bowl six, being at night. New Year's Six, but they're not on New Year's Day, but that's what they call them. But yeah, it's on the 30th, yes. Interesting. Yeah, that's usually a night game. Oh, like forever. So I find that intriguing. It's a 4 yeah. p.m. game. But, yeah, that's, that's um, usually a night game. Yeah, so... That, I can't hey. remember, John. John, I can't remember when it's been played in the daytime. I think it was 1960. Well, no, I think... I don't know. I I thought the first night game was uh, Texas-Alabama way back in 65, but I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe the year before it started, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, well, it's yeah. a night game, Orange Bowl. I can't remember being the day. Always. I can't remember. Ever. I can yeah. never remember that, so... That's an interesting note yeah. to close on. And AP, I just want to thank you as always for calling in. Great show. And uh, we've got some good stuff coming up. So look forward to discussing them on our future shows. Yeah, thank you, John. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time 
on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.